Hey man, this man no man. Imano, Imano. Yeah. Hit him in the mouth, both quarters. This is the game we wake up. Let's go. This is the game we make it all right. Here on out. We play together, we play as family, where we communicate with the best in the world. Nobody can stop us. Let's go, man. Let's do this. Hey, man. Play y'all, boy, dog. Work on three. One, two, three. Work. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are locked on Rams. Your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I still got it. I still got it. I still got it. You know I still got it. All that tricking off. Think I can pull without it. I'm tricking with Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's Friday, we've got Serena Morales with us, so that means it is the Hype Friday. We are back last week, we had our Thanksgiving podcast, we were talking about all the things we were thankful for, we were getting ready for the game, and we were thankful for that performance down in Arizona, and hopefully we'll get something like that again because we talked about it yesterday, but a win from the Rams on Sunday and a loss from the Vikings, and the Rams slide right into that sixth and final playoff position, so we're going to talk all about that today. We're going to talk about some of the things that came out of the press conference, we're going to look at some of the other things that are going on with injury updates, looking at all low, all players that are uh, ready for Sunday, but also taking a look at some of the other players and how they are recouping and looking to come back onto the field. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about the things going on around the team. My cause, my cleats. We're going to talk about L.A. Bold and a few other things, as well as our take your pick and your prediction segment at the very end. So a great full jam-packed show, Friday Hype Edition, to get you ready for the game on Sunday. So with that, Let's just get right into it. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. I'm joined by LA Rams team reporter Serena Morales, and this is your lead story. Serena, in Thursday's press conference, Wade Phillips said uh, in regards to this week's matchup, quote, it's the biggest game of the year. That is it. Obviously, if he's telling the media that, you know he's saying the same thing to his team. Last week, they flew out of the gates down in Arizona uh, do you see the same response coming this way? And really, as you look at this game, the pressure that we're talking about, how does the pressure of the game really play into the outcome? I mean, like, it's it's funny. You know, you think like, oh, sometimes it's a prime time. You know, we create these pressures every week, right? Like, this is right. a prime time game. we got to show up. It's under the lights. And then, <laughs> you know, oh, this is, again, a division rival. Oh, we got to, you know, we got to show up. But this is like prime time. Division rival, Seahawks, like playoff situation matter, and which is why Wade Phillips is like, yeah, this is it. We gotta do things, and so it's kind of exciting because I I realize you know we see it, and, and you know you hear Sean McVay and you hear the Rams say this all the time, right? Each week is important, each game is a win, and you know you look back, it is important because now we're at a position where we like each game is actually a, a difference in the future of the season and so um i think it's exciting i think the players are gen- generally and genuinely excited you know there's a there's a good positive energy even honestly you know going into like the raven game for example uh there was an excitement around the team and and even prior to that and you know obviously that was a disappointment but there was never this like loss of of spirit like after the game, obviously the team is upset, but they 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 somehow, you know, and I think Jared said it. It's it just this is a resilient team, and they just seem to be. They keep showing up. It's like the little 
the little brother to the big brother, right? And the big brother keeps picking on the little brother, but the little brother's never going to be like, right. hey, when you tie my shoelace again, like the big, little brother only knows to show up every day and get picked on. And that's just what it does. And sometimes the little brother wins and gets more ice cream, you know, <laughs> and uh, shout out to Eric Weddle for victory Monday ice cream. But I think, you know, over this over this course, there's one thing to be said, and it's really that the Rams are sort of like, we, we'll, we, you know, we're going to show up. We're going to do what we can. And also, the Rams play pretty well against the Seahawks. You know, yeah. they, they, they've had this one loss, but that, that loss was by one point. So, you know, they play well. Um, you know, Russell Wilson is obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, you see him as arguably a Hall of Fame quarterback easily, but you know, they've got a lot to do, but they got to protect the ball. Um, they know they need to show up, and this is the game. And, yeah, bring it, prime time. Let's go, let's go after it. Yeah, I like it. And you talked about, you know, all the things coming, you know, to head at one point. You know, division rival, you know, playoffs right around the corner. And it is nice to hear the coaches kind of say some of this because, you know, we're all thinking about it. We're all talking about it. And you finally get some transparency. And we were talking a couple weeks ago, but is this a must-win game? And now here are the coaches saying, uh, yeah, yeah, this is kind of that. We're in that scenario now. We are entering the must-win win game zone here. And uh, you even saw it with Sean McVay and some of the transparency. And he called himself an idiot the other day for not getting Todd Gurley the ball. Uh, when you know many of people around Rams Nation have been kind of waiting for him to just kind of say, yeah, I should have done that a little bit sooner, but now we're kind of getting into that. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting as we get to this point, but you talked about the resiliency of this team, and I even mentioned yesterday that that loss to Baltimore might have been the exact medicine this team needed to kind of refocus for these final few games, to kind of take a butt-whipping from a team that could very well go and represent into the Super Bowl uh, and understand, like, hey, we've got to regroup, come here, and they came out firing down in Arizona. So maybe that's something that, you know, again, as you mentioned, being around the team and noticing that it did really take them down a notch, that, yes, you don't like the lose like that, but at the same time, Jared Goff talking about being a resilient group. So uh, always good to kind of hear on the inside things that mirror on the outside that you're kind of hoping. Uh, and that's why we love talking to you because, obviously, you are there every day on the inside talking with them. And we're going to talk about some of that coming up. We're going to talk about some of the other things that they have going around the program uh, as well as, you know, the game plans coming to this one, a big matchup against the Seahawks. You mentioned playing them very close, going down all the way uh, to that last second field goal. And hopefully we get Greg Zerline some redemption in this game and bring home a win. So we're going to talk about all that and more coming up. Friday Hype Edition. We got Bear Motter. We got Serena Morales. We'll be right back right after this. I still got it. I still got it. You know I still got it. All that trick. All right, we are back. Friday Hype Edition. Serena Morales with us, and we were kind of getting ready right out of the gate talking about uh, Wade Phillips basically saying, this is it, guys. We got to bring it on Sunday night under the lights. Last time under the lights didn't go so well, but if you look back, uh, the Rams still have a really good record with Sean McVay and Jared Goff under the lights. So uh, as much as we want to create storylines and uh, all that type of stuff. These guys play pretty well in the prime time. Uh, and you talked about how stats can be misleading and you can go back 12 years and look at this matchup, but it's still been relatively close. And uh, even the last four games, I believe, have come down to a fourth down play or at field goal uh, in Seattle. I'm not sure if that was fourth down or if we kicked it on third. I'm trying to think back. But this thing has been tight every single time. 
Uh, but I want to talk about some of the injuries coming <laughs> into this game. JoJo Natson was moved to the IR, um, and it looks like Simba Webster is going to be stepping in for him. Really cool. Simba seems like a really humble guy. I saw an interview with him yesterday and just kind of talking about you know, being around the team and taking mental reps and being ready for his time when he's called. Uh, what are your expectations for Simba kind of getting some more action, especially in, uh, you know, that punt return area? Yeah, he's one of those guys that I was – I think I, we go back to one of the first podcasts this season that we did together. We're at, like, right after training camp um, during the preseason, I think. Like, I was all on Simba Webster. Like, I was like, this kid is good, and I think he's going to make the squad. And – Go, lo and behold, I asked Sean McVay, um, I was like, hey, what do you think about Simba Webster so far? And this is all, like, I think it was, I don't know, before the first preseason game, it was second preseason game, and, and he was like, oh, man, what a guy, da, da, da. And I was just like, yeah, there's something, like, you can just, it's his, it's the way that he carries himself, he fits the locker room well, he keeps his head down, but he's always smiling, he balances out that wide receiver group, um, you know, there's there's a lot of like good things that that work well with having him. He's actually a twin. He has a twin brother. Oh, wow. uh, Random but true. Um, he's from uh, I believe he's from Northern California area. So um, just you know, he's every time he's been asked to, to step up, he has done so, and so it's really exciting to see. I he he had the job. I think he did some. Um, kick and punt returning in preseason, I believe. I remember him doing really well in the Hawaii game specifically, and he. I know he was a wide out in the Oakland game for preseason. But you know, to see someone like that get an opportunity as an undrafted rookie uh, is just a really exciting thing to see. And he, he's uh, he's been a great contribution to the to the team, and uh, I'm excited. Also, you know, Daryl Henderson can can also return some because he. Yeah. He's a great player, and uh, he actually, this is, no one, no one knows this, but today he had a, a throwing contest with Jared on the field, just like to joke around, and Daryl told me, he's like, he threw the football 70 yards, and he, I was like, what? Why did, where, where was <laughs> what happened? He goes, yeah, you know, no big deal, and I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, I threw the 70 yards, so... Another just multifaceted kind of guy. You can put him in our HQB slot, or you can throw him, you know, to return for um, JoJo who's out. But uh, yeah, it's a we, we've got some good guys that we can throw in, and I'm really excited to see Simba um, step up for for a really big game. Man, well, uh, you got me all excited about a halfback pass. We got to let McVeigh know the cannon that's sitting back there and. Uh, with the the tricks that are up McVeigh's sleeve, that would be a fun one uh, if we find ourselves in the playoffs to do a little end around to him and all of a sudden <laughs> throw back to Jared Goff. We saw his elusiveness uh, with one rushing touchdown this year. You never know. Let's get him the ball. And we saw him blocking. Jared's going to block. Yeah, Jared, yeah, Jared's there you gonna, go. I know. Jared's going to be a tight end. <laughs> uh, but that always makes it fun. Uh, that would be really cool to see. And when you've got players like that with the la- athletic ability, you never know what can happen. Uh, Sim- Simba Webster, really cool. Also, another Eastern Washington. Washington guy, I believe. You could correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe we have three, yep. maybe four Easter Washington guys on the roster. I know three for sure off the top of my head. We but, have a lot. Um, but that's pretty cool to see them represented. And obviously, Cooper Cup has done extremely well. Um, and, you know, we've seen flashes in the preseason of Simba Webster. So I'm really excited to see him actually get an opportunity and see if this could be a role that could blemish into, 
you know, maybe something else involving the team. And like you said, whether it's uh, punt return, kick return, or even just getting in there as a wide receiver, when he gets the ball in his hands and going back to the preseason, I totally agree. Uh, he had some special things happening. Uh, also in the injury uh, world, we have um, we saw that we activated another tight end uh, into the active roster. Does that mean Gerald Henderson or, or Gerald Everett, apologies, uh, is most likely not going to go this week? Or is he still hanging on? And then also with... Rob Havenstein's injury and how well we've seen Bobby Evans play. How do you think the Rams are going to kind of take that situation once Rob gets pretty healthy? How are we going to kind of move forward at that position as well? Yeah, so for Gerald Everett, it looks like he won't be um, coming back this Sunday uh, night, um, which is why Kendall Latin was was activated. And Kendall's done a great job. I watched a a little bit of the tight end group um, go through some drills today. And, you know, he made his catches and – you know, I, I got to give a shout out to Johnny Munt. Um, even though he dropped that one pass um, in the game uh, this past Sunday, uh, I think he's done a great job blocking. When you go back and look at some of the film, this guy is like putting his body and sacrificing his body to really make some really great blocks that, you know, you don't necessarily notice on the, the stat sheet. And, you know, he's created, you know, a better game for a lot of these other guys. That's why, you know, you see Jared throwing over 400 yards in a game it's you know guys like Johnny Munt who are are doing things that maybe you don't get to see you know a a game like Tyler Higby who had a great game but Johnny's done a great job so Kendall's up next and and I think he's excited for the opportunity um he gave me a hug in the locker room today he's like I'm excited for this I remember talking to him back you know when you know you're waiting for guys to make the squad or not make the squad and you know, we sat and had lunch just to, I like to get to know the undrafted rookies towards the end because, you know, you're so focused on the drafted guys at the beginning of the, the season and during OTAs that you don't really get a chance to get to know all the guys. So Kendall was someone who really took the time to talk and, and I got to know him a little bit. And, and again, he fits in this group well. I talked to Tyler Higby today actually um, about his game and, and how great he did. And I asked him, if there was a, a boy band for the tight end group, what, you know, give me which guy is playing what instrument, this and this. And he's like, Gerald Everett's definitely the lead singer. Uh, he's, and then, uh, you know, so um, Kendall is going to be the, the keyboardist. <laughs> so, you know, he's going to step up and he's going to have that solo where he's like jamming on the keyboard. So that's who Kendall is. And that's what you're going to see. Uh, hopefully we get to see some, uh, some good little spurts of uh, Kendall Blend out there uh, come, come Sunday. There are questions that I think of there beyond no, me, but they, I, I learned appreciation from these guys. <laughs> I love it so much. They inspire me. I love your questions because anytime you get an interview with a player, uh, one, you're also getting you know the great questions we all want to hear about the game and this and that, but you also kind of loosen them up and you kind of catch them with a curveball and you get them thinking a little bit, and I think that is – uh, you know, a great part of a good interview is to kind of generate thought throughout the interview, and you do a great job of that. And how the heck are we ever going to know that Kendall Blanton's going to be on the keyboards if you don't ask that question? And I love it because I just I kind of go back to school of rock, and I just think of that kid that was on the keyboards yes. that was, and then and I kind of like relate that, and then I just love it. Um, and I don't know what Tyler Higby said, but he seems like he'd be the drummer. He seems kind of a little active, hyperactive type of guy that would be good on the drums. But um, he gave him the bass. He he, sla- he slapping the bass. Uh, slapping the, the bass. bass. Nice, nice. Okay, I can see that too. I can see that too. But uh, he's had a great yeah. game, and I love that you bring up Johnny Munt as far as a blocker because 
in the past, we've been kind of rough on Johnny Munt on this podcast, kind of saying at this point we weren't sure if that he would make the cut and if he would stay and, and be active with this team for this long. And then he's come on, he's he's stuck around, and then he's got to go in there and do the dirty work while you know his co-partner uh, in crime right there is racking up over 100 yards and six catches and getting all the highlights. Uh, he's down there in the mud and really allowing his teammates to do that. So really glad you brought that up because – uh, going back and watching some of the film, I did see him, and I was kind of critical about his drop pass. But then when you watch some of the little things that he does, uh, he's one of those players that isn't really out there trying to get uh, you know, stats left and right, uh, and he's just trying to get it done. And he's been a huge part of you know, really building some protection. So that's pretty awesome. And then speaking of that protection, uh, Rob Havenstein, what's kind of the word with him and kind of the future oh, yeah. with getting him back into, uh, into the mix? So he's recovering well. He was out there today. Um... But, I, you know, Bobby Evans, he, he's, he's done a great job mentoring Bobby Evans. And, again, I think when you have some of these guys like Rob and even Austin Blythe and obviously Whitworth mentoring this very, very young O-line, it makes such a difference. And, obviously, you're seeing Bobby out there doing a great job. I think this O-line has really figured things out with the constant change uh, of, you know, unfortunate injury and moving guys around because this guy's working better here and you got to give it to, to Cromer for really, uh, Aaron Cromer for, for, you know, changing things up and adjusting last minute uh, changes. So, um, you know, I don't necessarily know that we see Rob out there like, hey, if we can let the guy heal up, let him heal up. Bobby's done a great job. This O-line seems to be working so far. So, uh you know, I, I, I think that'll be a, a question that is answered closer to, to Sunday night. But um, so far, Rob is looking good. I mean, he's been in great spirits. He picked on me earlier walking off the field, so he's perfectly fine <laughs> and uh, has a good sense of humor. There's an inside joke. I'll give you this. So everyone – so when I started as the Rams reporter, uh, Joey Blake, who's our, t- our head – dietitian joey um and some of the the trainers uh mark didasco and lj and some of the other guys under reggie scott and our strength and conditioning staff they decided it would be funny to call me sabrina instead of serena because the players would make they wanted the players on the when i do interviews to go you got it sabrina oh no it it would drive me crazy yeah i would be the worst thing in the universe and so i was like do not do this this would drive me crazy and they were like what's that sabrina and i was like stop saying this out loud you're gonna mess me up and of course they don't care because you know when you are are respected and loved in a in a football or any sports environment it's when you're picked on the most right and so um yeah that's been a, a key to to everything and so I don't care if I'm called Sabrina now or Serena, but Rob <laughs> 100% decided to call me Sabrina today, knowing how much it drives me crazy. So, yeah, Rob Havenstein is just fine. And yeah. uh, I hope that, you know, whether he plays or he doesn't, he's in a great mood and he's happy to be on the field. And, um, yeah, just a shout-out to Rob, shout-out to Joey, shout-out to everyone who wants to – ruin my identity uh, <laughs> hopefully I, m- I might just go by morales at some point maybe that makes it easier you know do the madonna thing the beyonce thing there you go just morales since 
I'm just like, I think they all just ruined my first name. So well, I love it because you kind of go with the Madonna thing on Twitter. You're just Serena on Twitter. I do. Uh, yeah, just Serena. But right. it is funny because uh, we're, we're flashing back to all my, you know, shows that I used to watch. Sabrina the TJ's Witch. That's kind of what it brings me back. You remember that show? Yep. Uh, and I'm sure that's maybe oh, yeah. where, that's where yeah, they got yeah. it from. But I love it. Rob, obviously, you're talking about him being in good spirits. And <laughs> you're always worried about that with injuries and stuff. And you see someone come and take your place. And, and how are you going to handle it mentally? And to hear that he's out there, one, cracking jokes and, and being just the same old guy that he always is. And then, you know, mentoring the guy that took his place. It so speaks to uh, what this team is about and how it's built, you know, from the very core all the way up is that they're not going to sit here and, you know, be pouting on the side and wish that they could, you know, have things work out differently for them. They're about the team. So that's pretty cool. And then the last one I want to check in on, this was actually from one of our listeners, Artie Hook. So shout out to him for reaching out for a question. Uh, and he's just curious about uh, the IR status for John Johnson. We're starting to see him work out. We know he's, he's had that surgery uh, on his own Instagram account. He's kind of putting up some workout videos and kind of, you know, getting, getting us all excited about where he's coming back and, and the health of him. So how, how does he look uh, as far as you know, his recovery, and then is his IR status? Does it allow him if we make a, a run into the playoffs? Is he allowed to come back, or is he really done for the season? I believe he will be done. He's out. He's, he won't return it. He'll come back next season. Um, his shoulder really needs to uh, heal up, and and I wouldn't even mess with. It's crazy, like shoulder surgeries and all those things. Like you really don't want to mess. Like Micah Kaiser too, who. I believe he tore his pectoral, but shoulder situation as well. Like all those things, you don't want to go and ding that back up. Like there's too many muscles that got things going on. But as far as his recovery, I mean, every time I see him, he's like stretching his arm out. He's like, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I'm like, all right, bro, take it easy. Uh, I mean, I think he's just really happy because he's out of a sling. He was in the sling after the surgery for a while. And that was kind of driving him insane. And um, and then usually – guys uh so like brian allen who's who's still in crutches um he sits up in the suite usually with the with some other players uh because they don't they can't be on the field and you know in case something happens they can get re-injured uh so but but john johnson has bragged to me he's like i get to be on the field you know i'm not up in the suite i get to be on the field watching the game because i'm i'm good you know i'm ready like i got cleared up a little bit so uh, so he's out of the sling. He's making progress. You know, I saw him earlier today, and uh, he's—I I think he just—you know—he goes. He still watches film and stuff like that. He's around the team, yeah, um, and he's doing what he can to to heal up. But, but I believe, you know, with with Weddle and and Rap and even Marquis Christian, like those guys are kind of holding it down. JJ's going to heal up and come back strong for next season. Awesome, and he's going to join a great group back there because they've been excelling back there and that secondary has been awesome so a return to him is is starts to look for some great things uh in the 2020 season so we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the other things coming up we're going to hit my cause my cleats the la bold and then obviously take your pick and predictions all that on the other side serena morales bear modern we'll be right back right after this before we get over to the next segment are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash into your wallet. Between football season coming down to crunch time, NBA in full swing, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sidelines and get in action with MyBookie. So whether you like to bet a lot on one game or bet a little on multiple games, 
They got it all for you. Try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple big favorites this week, Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win than they do. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you will get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer once again. That's promo code LOCKEDON to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Also sponsoring the podcast... And here to help you out in more ways than one is our man, Dave Robles. It is insane to me right now that Dave Robles is offering season tickets to the 2020 brand new stadium. And all you guys have to do is pick up the phone. Give the man a call. What can it hurt? If you're looking to buy or sell a home, he is the man you need to talk to. 213-712-4343. Or go check out his website, daverobles.com. It's not just me saying it's awesome. Also, check his Yelp and Zillow reviews. Hands down, he is the best here in Los Angeles. He's an L.A. native, and he knows the city in and out. He's been a top-producing realtor in L.A. for over 20 years. And he's giving away season tickets, folks. 2020, whether you think the team is good or bad, that stadium is going to be legit, and you can have a pair of seats if you just call Dave Robles and talk to him about the opportunity of buying or selling a home. Last year, there was a home other agents were trying to sell for eight hundred grand. You know what Dave did? Took over the property and sold it for eight fifty. He literally put fifty extra thousand dollars into the client's pocket. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, talk to my man Dave Robles because he will let you know what is going on in this industry here in Los Angeles. Head to the website daverobles.com or just call him 213-712-4343. Do not miss out on this opportunity, folks. Dave Robles, a proud sponsor of Lockdown Rams. I still got it. I still got it. I still got it. You know I still got it. All that shit getting off. Think I can pull it All right, so we teased it on the other side, and I want to get to this because last year we talked about this a little bit, and I think this is a really cool thing uh, that the NFL does, and it kind of allows, I mean, you always hear NFL, um, you know, they, they're really strict on rules and visors and what you can wear, what you can't wear, but this is an opportunity that they really open it up for the players, one, to kind of show some personality and then also get some awareness out for some really good causes um, and represent it in the in their cleat. And uh, we, I've seen this past week a bunch of pictures from some of the players, but um, tell me a little bit about maybe some of the, the guys that you've talked to about what they're wearing. And is that hap- is this Sunday, is that correct? Yep, it's happening. Um, they're going to have all their fun, you know, decked out cleats um that will be they'll get to wear on the field so it's not like a certain color or whatever uh that the league mandates yeah they get to have their cleats designed um uniquely to whatever cause that they are proud of and they're and they're making um the cool one to look out for on sunday night i'm gonna actually give it to qb1 jerry goff the california strong um you know he's raising money and and awareness to support all those that were affected by the borderline shootings in the California wildfires just last season. Um, and he's done a really great job at, at, at doing everything he can to, to make sure that those, all those that were affected are supported. Um, his cleats are awesome. They yeah. are popping. There's like teal and orange and, the, you know, like the heart symbol that they have for the California strong. 
um, there's a heart and it's got like the LA, like there's, it's just really, really cool cleats. So he has that in addition to the cleats, he also is going to have matching Bose headphones that he's going to wear on the field that's coordinated with his cleats. So he'll warm up. Jared always has his Bose headphones on, you know, warming up before game. So uh, he's going to, he has coordinated designed uh, Bose headphones that he's going to rock uh, um, before the game. So that's a really cool one that I'm excited to see. Um, you know, one of the other stories that, you know, I, I'm, I'm just familiar with uh, because of even last year, but Nikhil Roby Coleman, uh, I believe his, his cleats last season, and I believe he's having them this year again, is um, the American Heart Association. His mom uh, passed away in his arms, actually, of a heart attack. Wow. So that is a cause that's very important to him. Um, and, you know, I think uh, that's something that he uh, is really passionate about. And I, I remember specifically last year, he was just like, you know, when I put these cleats on for my cause, my cleats, you know, I think of my mom, she's my foundation. My cleats are my foundation. They're what, keep, you know, keeps me moving. And, and that's, that's, that's everything. And I mean, he put, he put me to tears practically. I teared up a little bit just hearing him talk to it. So these are really, this is a, an exciting time to have, you know, the players really get to show, um, the things that they are passionate about, they are not just numbers on and jerseys and helmets. You know, these guys really are humans that have things that affect them and make them cry and make them laugh. So, you know, it, it'll be cool to have them represent things that are important to them while they're playing a game that's also important to them. The other thing that will be cool for the for the game because it's a it's a Rams home game and our theme for the Sunday night game is LA Bold. All of the Rams staff will be rocking Air Force Ones, some nice. white Air Force Ones, and all the Rams staff also is getting involved in a My Cause My Air Force Ones. And so we're all decking out our own um, Air Force Ones this week, and um, and it'll be it'll be pretty exciting to like have different decorations. You'll see all of the shoelaces, like bright different uh, different different causes for for the Rams staff, so it's like we're connected to the players a little bit, which is nice. Which is I, exciting. I like that. I, I look. Yeah. Through, I look through a couple of these, and I want to mention just a couple other ones that I saw. Uh, Morgan Fox is doing Twenty Two Kill, which is raises awareness for suicide uh, uh, from veterans, which is a really good cause. Uh, I think it's Tyler Higby is working with the Special Olympics for his. Um, yeah. And then I'm trying to see. There's another one that I saw. Um, Taylor Rapp is working with Live United, uh, B Plus Foundation for Troy Reader, American Cancer Society for Josh Reynolds, uh, Club Twenty One for Tanzel Smart, which is uh, basically for Down syndrome. Uh, so there's a lot of really good ones. Uh, Andrew Whitworth with Make a Wish. I think Robert Woods is also Robert Woods is also Cancer uh, Association as well. His his sister passed of of that, and and actually crazy, but. Nikhil Roby Coleman and Robert Woods were roommates at USC, and they both lost. Uh, Woody lost his sister, and and Roby lost his mother. I believe this. Both they were teenagers when they were 17 years old, so they bonded over that when they were roommates at USC, and then they played in Buffalo together, and then they came back to the Rams. Wow. So 
Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Then, Looking at just yeah, just that, guys, yeah. just those two guys, that story, some of the stuff they've gone through, and then where they've been together. Going, I forgot that they were both in Buffalo together. Yeah. They both come back to L.A. They both get yeah. rewarded with contracts. And I remember when Nickel Roby Coleman got his contract, and you know, he's in tears, basically talking about how much you know it meant to him that someone actually said, "Hey, we want to keep you around for multiple years," and you know, that meant so much to him. So, yeah. and then those guys get to then go and play in their old college stadium for a couple of years before opening up the brand new stadium. So. <laughs> Lots of cool stories. Uh, the Mike Cleats, Mike Cause, really awesome. So uh, take a look out for those on Sunday and, and learn a little bit more. And if you can, go ahead and donate. It would be much appreciated uh, from all of those guys. And then we'll finish with our Take Your Pick. And uh, I mentioned this before we started. I'm running out of Take Your Picks. I got I to gotta maybe take some from some of the listeners. If you guys are listening, you got a good Take Your Pick in your head, let me know because I am starting to uh, – hit the bottom of the barrel here. So uh, I may have done this one, and that's where it started. I was thinking, did I do this one? But we'll, we'll do it anyway because it still uh, is a good one. And uh, this one is for Jared Goff and for total points. So Jared Goff, um, take your pick. Jared Goff completions, total completions, or the total points scored for the Rams. So who will have more Jared Goff completions or total points for the Rams? Last week he had 32 completions. Man. Ah. Uh. I want to say, I, I guess I'll say completions because I'm, th- I'm I, I've I've been a steady horse here when it comes to final scores. I'm always in my 20s, and I'm really hoping that Jared has another big game. But um, I, I think the score is going to be in the 20, like low 20s again. So I, I'm going to go with Jared Goff completions, just hoping that that that's a higher number. I think you know, again, what we have seen all season is like these spurts of the offense of old and. You know, I think we're still trying to figure out its identity. And obviously with four games left, it's a quarter of the season, right? Like we're, we've got a very important game. And I think that, you know, sometimes you, you see that teams get hot. It's how they respond. And if, if Jared's got in him, hey, I think I, I think I know what to do now, guys. I think we've got this. Uh, we've played well against the Seahawks. Um, we were able to put, you know, points against them the last time we faced them. So I'm going to go Jared Goff completion. Yeah, I'm. Uh, oh man, I'm, this one's tough for me too because there's something that Todd is. I'm hoping is running the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly that too, right? And but there's something in me, and you know what? You say you like to live in the 20s. I like to live in the 30s, and I'm trying to crank it up now you that do. I saw. Now that I saw Arizona, <laughs> that game got me all excited that we can score like that again. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna piggyback uh, what you said, and I'm gonna say Jared Goff. Uh, completions. I think, you know, he was hot. We'll, we'll continue, although we want to see Todd Gurley run the ball. But the better Todd Gurley runs the ball, I think the more accurate and, and the completion percentage is going to rise for Jared Goff. So he had 29 completions uh, in their first game versus Seattle on 49 attempts. So they're going to throw the ball again, still giving him a lot of opportunity. And maybe this is one of those things where Jared Goff throws 38 times, we get Todd Gurley the ball around 20 times, and we win uh, with 32 points or something. So maybe they're all live in the 30s, but Jared Goff will just kind of stretch it out there. Um, I want to do our next one for Greg Zerline, because obviously we know a lot of, I don't want to say heat, because I think most Rams fans know what Greg Zerline has done for us, know how awesome he has been. Uh, But unfortunately, in a team game, he was the last really memory of that last game, right? A missed field goal uh, where we talked about it. He was like yeah. 112 out of 116 uh, straight made from inside uh, 40, 40 yards. So that was something that, you know, was very rare for him. But uh, so longest field goal, because we're hoping we'll see some Greg Zerline. We'll see some makes. Um, he had one miss last week, but let's say longest field goal this week for Greg Zerline. Do you say 35 yards and under 
36 to 49 yards or over 50 yards, what is the range for where you think he will have his longest field goal? I mean, he does better when it's over 50, right? Like, I don't know what his, his percentage is, like, accuracy-wise for over 50. Um, I'll probably go into the mid-range. Um, I think, I think you know, this could end up as another Greg game. Uh, I actually, I, I, I was sitting with J.B. Long, who is our radio uh, announcer for Rams games on the radio, and I was asking him, hey, like, what was, um, what was Greg Zerline's accuracy last season compared to this season? And he's, it, it's only off by a, a few percentage points. Um, I think it was in the high 70s, 80s uh, last season, and it was in the high 70s so far this season. So even though that last, you know, kick against um, the Seahawks has sort of, like, caught, you know, everyone like, oh, man, what happened to Greg? Like, he's not off by that much. Right. That that percentage could change in one game. So, you know, for those, everyone's like, oh, Greg, you know, like, no, he's, he's pretty much the as accurate as he was last year and obviously we know what he was capable of doing last year so i guess i'm going to go in that mid-range 30 of uh, 30 40 field goal range i think that's where we're going to see the magic because hey if it's like fourth and whatever like bro just give the ball to, to greg like kick that sucker let's get some points on the board yeah. you gotta be aggressive yep like let's go <laughs> yeah and I, I love it and i'm glad you mentioned jb long there because he is and i love that you even mentioned it in going to him for stats because he is just an amazing source of information for taking stuff and and giving us an understanding of what's kind of going behind the numbers. So uh, he's one of my favorite people to look at when he's tweeting. And and we talk about him a lot here on the show because he always puts together really great stuff and and breaks things down for us. So uh, another great one from him as well. And, I mean, Touchdown LA from J.B. Long can never get boring. So uh, love hearing that. (laughs) Hopefully we hear a lot of that on Sunday. Um, and I'm going to take the over here because kind of to what you said, I think we're going to have uh, some opportunities in the end of the first half or um, where we are, are right on the fringe there where Seahawks might kind of uh, bend but don't break. And we're going to be in and, – and you always feel like you're in Greg Zerline range. So uh, I think he's going to get an opportunity. And I think that really – if he gets an opportunity from 50, might as well call it good because you mentioned – uh, his percentage and what he does from beyond 50 yards is incredible. So it's really, will he get an attempt from 50 yards? I think he will this game because uh, end of half, or even just being in near position, you want to get some points. Points are important in this game. So uh, I'm going to say Greg goes over 50. Uh, and then we'll we'll wrap it up here because that was all I had today. So I need some help from the listeners. If you guys got something, let me know. Uh, we'll shoot it in here and we'll get it into take your pick. And we'll just get into predictions. So thoughts on how this game's going to go, a <laughs> prediction, and how this thing's going to end up on Sunday night. I mean, I feel like we should swap, right? Like, I always go in my 20s, and you always go in your 30s, <laughs> and we're both wrong, and we can never figure this thinking thing out. Um, I'm still going to go – I want to go 24-21. I feel like I just – it's Rams. I think, you know, the secondary's done a great job. But, man, I mean, everyone who watched the Vikings-Seahawks game on uh, Monday night, I am just like – what in the world? Like, right. I was pacing. Like, I just could not. All I kept texting people was, wow. Oh, wow. 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 <laughs> like, it was insane to just. And, it, I mean, the Vikings were a good team. And it was like they responded. And then, you know, you got Russell Wilson, who I think he turned into a, a machine. Like, I think he turned into, like, I am now a robot. And I am going to play football. And those last, you know, two, two uh 
four minutes of the game, I was just like, they're about to do this. Oh, my God, they just did that. Uh, so, like, I think they had a fake punt. I mean, the game was insane. I think that's the type of game the Rams and Sean McVay are capable of playing, like, where they're like, yo, we're in this, man. Like, we got you. You want to do this? We got John Hecker. This dude is going to throw. You know, like, we got Joe Henderson can throw the ball. You know, like, I don't know whatever Sean decides to do. But um, I just think that we're constantly shifting and, and capable of adapting. But the secondary done a great job, so I really don't want to give – too many points but obviously when you come off of a game like they did winning against the Vikings on a Monday night and having that energy you know you keep that momentum going I don't want to knock that they're playing a very good team I mean last I even Wakefield talked about it today in his presser that one throw I think was it to lock it but that Russell Wilson threw that like was in the corner 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 of the end I believe Weddle was back there like the coverage was was perfect like it was no one did anything wrong but somehow they scored that touchdown, and it was like in the, the last little bucket of opening for a touchdown, and, and you know, Russell made this, you know, immaculate throw. So yeah. I want to say 24 to 21, it's going to be a close one. I think, you know, we're really going to we're gonna need everyone to, to show up, and I think we, we were able to see that, you know, on all three phases, the Rams can do that, and I'm hoping that, you know, with that, it's a shorter week for the Seahawks, and it's uh, there's momentum on both ends, but maybe they were a little more tired, so they're not going to score that much, and we're you know ready to go. But you know, I, I don't want to knock the Seahawks defense, so let's go 24-21. Yeah. I like it 24-21. And while you were doing that, I've been all over the place all week. Usually, <laughs> I, I pick a number uh, somewhere on Monday or Tuesday, and I'm like, that is what I that's what I believe, and I'm going to stick with it. This week, I've been all over the place. I've been changing it <laughs> left and right. And even okay. to the fact of this, I changed it four times within what you were telling me. Uh, I've got all these things crossed out. I got I got up as high as um, I was 31-28. I had 24-28. And I'm thinking, how do these points even make sense? Um, and then I said, you know what? Screw it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go with what I feel because Seahawks in close games this year, and I talked about it earlier, um, they're really, really good. They, I mean, that's exactly why they have gotten to where they are. They're 10-2 and two as a record. I saw someone tweet out that basically uh, over that 10 wins that they've gotten, they've averaged a plus three points. They only beat all their opponents this year by a total of 35, 33 points or something like that. So uh, they're not winning by a lot. So I think we got we to gotta break the mold here and win by a lot. So I ended up getting, here's what I ended up getting. I got Rams 32 and Seahawks 23. Don't ask me how we're going to get there, but we got to beat them by nine points or more. That way we don't have to worry about any of the, that junk of close ball games. We can just beat them by double digits or you know a, a two-score game, and we can wipe out and not worry about all their great stats. But they're undefeated on the road. We're going to have to do something. Uh, they've got an incredible, you talked about, probably one of the top three catches of the year uh, where Eric Weddle was all over that on defensively. And we almost sacked Russell yeah. twice on that play, and somehow he still got it to the end zone. And most of us thought he was throwing it away. And, and unless you watched him really closely, you know that he probably believed when he threw it that he had a touchdown pass. But uh, he's that good. They also got a combo of uh, some really good running backs. So we've got to find a way. And we saw in that game, you talked about that Monday night game, that wow game that you kept uh, texting about is, you know, this thing could be, you know, a 16-16 ball game and in going into the fourth and end up in the 30s. I mean, the way that these two teams can put up points fast. So you never know. But I've got it 32-23 Rams. Let's just win by uh, two possessions and not worry about any of that. But, hey, 
At the end of the day, we are looking for that W. Uh, could see a lot of movement in playoff position. Uh, there's a lot of really good games this week, so it's not only this Sunday night game, but a lot of things have implications along the way. We're big Lions fans. We're big NFC North fans, really, uh, the rest of the way, minus obviously the Vikings. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but we'll be here. Uh, we'll have you back next week. We'll talk all about it as we kind of come down to uh, playoff position and see how it's all going to shake out. Serena Morales, we thank you so much. Look forward to talking again. Have fun out at the stadium, and let's go get a dub. Let's get this done, bear. All right, Rams Nation, with that said, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace. I still got it. I still got it. You know I still got it. All that tricking off. Think I could pull.